Hi, I'm Rod Rorick. Welcome back to Rorick Knows Podcast. The one podcast that helps you become a better you. So today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that's rhinoplasty, the nose job. I get so many questions about rhinoplasty almost every day. So what I'm going to do is talk to you a little bit about the 10 most common questions I get from patients and also from consumers and, and others about what is a rhinoplasty. And then the second half is going to be about the 10 things you really should know about rhinoplasty and your rhinoplasty surgeon. So let's start out. So, so the first thing is, what is a rhinoplasty? You know, what does it mean? It's a nose job. I mean, it's really an operative procedure where you basically either with one of two techniques, you open the nose or, or with a closed technique, you restore and reform the, the nasal deformity, or also you can straighten the nose, but also get it breathing better. The beauty and the complexity of rhinoplasty is that it does two things. It not only you know is the center of your face, so it's the focal point of who you are, but also it helps you breathe. And that's a very important thing. So that's why it's so important to find the right person to do your rhinoplasty. So rhinoplasty is a very complicated procedure. In fact, it's the most complicated procedure in all of plastic surgery to get good reproducible results. So, so that's really a very important thing for patients to know. And it's really now one of the most common procedures done in the world. And, and according to the statistics of both our major societies, it ranks up in the upper one or two that's done every year. And then how is it done? Well, most of the time, it's done under a general anesthesia. That means that the patient is put to sleep, and that's the one I prefer because I think it's safer. You can control the airway, and I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that when we talk about the things you really need to know and ask your rhinoplasty surgeon. But it's usually done in, a, in an outpatient surgery setting, and you can usually go home that same day. And, and rhinoplasty can either be done open or closed. Now, what, what does that mean? And patients ask me that all the time. Uh, if you do it closed, you make little incisions inside the nose and there's no external incision. And that sounds simple, but you know, it's kind of like looking in a blind cave because often it's very difficult to find out what the true deformities are. And actually I was taught to do closed rhinoplasty, but as the time has gone on, we've really championed the open approach to rhinoplasty. And really it's the basis of our meeting called Open Rhinoplasty, the Dallas Rhinoplasty meeting, which is obviously coming up up this year, the 40th year, and what, what the open rhinoplasty procedure does and is, is that it really, it's like the hood of a car. You make a little incision here in this thing called the cayumella, and you open up the nose, and you can see the, the nasal cartilages, the bones, all the delicate structures, which you have to reshape, reform to make them so that you can get a nice framework and then reshape the nose around it. So. I prefer the open approach because I think it gives you access to what the problem is and then you could also go from there. So I really I really think the open approach, at least in my hands, and I've taught over 15,000 surgeons how to do open rhinoplasty, is really the way to go. I think it's got the most precision and the most, your higher capability of getting consistently good results. And having said that, there are many you know, global closed rhinoplasty surgeons that also get good results, but you know, do what's comfortable for you. And I think that's important, you know, that's very important for you. And then 
what is it like having a rhinoplasty? Well, it's a surgical procedure. So, you know, it's not something you can kind of say, oh, I'm just going to have it and go back to work. I mean, the recovery from a rhinoplasty is about a week or 10 days. You know, the surgery takes about three hours. And I, like I said, it's done under general. So you have some recovery and uh, you have a little splint on the outside of your nose, a little splint on the inside and stitches. And they come out in about seven to 10 days. And in that time period, the swelling comes, you know, it, go, it peaks in one or two days. And then about half the time people get some bruising and that's all totally normal. It's probably the most common question I get at night. You know, I give my patients my cell number so they can call me and say, hey, Dr. Roy, is this okay? So, you know, it's, uh, it's a surgical procedure. Most of the time there's minimal discomfort, but sometimes when you straighten the septum, which is that midline structure in the nose, and often it is deviated, then you may have a little bit of a headache for, you know, for 24 hours. And, and that uh, dissipates and gets less and less. But we always give patients some medication, pain medication that will help them if they need it. Many times they don't need it. So, so it is a procedure. It's done in a, in a sterile outpatient setting, takes three hours or longer. And it's, a, it's really a surgery, a surgery of much precision. That's why I call it precision rhinoplasty. So it's a, very, it's a very delicate procedure because all of the structures, the, the cartilages are interrelated with the septum, that midline structure, and with the bony vault, which has six different nasal bones. So it's very delicate to reshape them and restore them. And it's often, you know, they are distorted a lot you know, either by trauma or just congenitally. So, so that's important. And then the other thing I get is how long does it take uh, to get the final result or, or, and are these results permanent? And, you know, of course they're permanent, but because when we operate and it's kind of sculpting in the living, it takes 12 to 15 months usually to see the final, final result in a primary rhinoplasty. And what I mean by primary rhinoplasty, it's a rhinoplasty that's never had surgery before. So that's a little different than the revision rhinoplasty, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later as well. But a primary rhinoplasty results, you know, they're, they're permanent, but they take a while to see the final result. That's because of wound healing. And when you're done in the operating room, you'll have nice shape and contour, and you'll see that when I post patients interoperatively on Instagram or TikTok, and, and you can see their nice shape and contour, and that looks great. But then the swelling occurs, and that's just part of normal human wound healing. And a lot of the swelling peaks in two, three days, and then it goes down. And by seven days when we take your splint off, and a lot of the swelling, initial swelling will have gone down but you still may have some bruising and then we take your splint off and again you can see all this on instagram and at day seven we kind of do the reveal where we take the splint off we show you the nose we show you the shape and it's kind of uh swollen but that's but you can already see the, the wow effect of the bump is gone the tip is straighter you know it's it's a little swollen and often that swelling will go down a hundred percent or even more so it's very important to to understand that and it's probably also the, one of the most common questions i get from patients is that how long will the swelling take to go down remember a lot of the swelling go down in the first four to six weeks but the finesse swelling takes six, 12 months or even longer, especially in males, thick skin patients, and then of revision rhinoplasty patients. Sometimes it takes up to two years. 
but never leave the operating room till it looks as good as it can look. And that's really the one promise I make to all my patients is that it's got to look fantastic in the operating room from all views, front, side, it's got to look awesome, okay? If it doesn't look awesome, don't leave the operating room. You got to leave it the best you can leave it, you know, be the best you can be. So that's very important. And then, of course, you know, I get the questions about risks. You know, risks from rhinoplasty, you know, it's real surgery, so they have real risks, real benefits. But, you know, the, the biggest thing is obviously we want to make sure that you are very fully focused on what you want to have done. That's why I always ask my patients, what are your top three concerns? I don't like my bump. I don't like my bulbous tip. I don't like my can't, I deviated nose. You know, we fix those in that priority. So, you know, I think that, that's a very important to, to do. But all of these have risks because it's surgery. Even though surgery is safe, it has risks. Infection, bleeding, potential scarring. You know, in primary rhinoplasty, if you're healthy, have no medical issues, the biggest thing is long-term, what is the revision rate? You know, when it heals, how does it settle in? How does it eventually look? That's why it's so important to make sure that you get it right in the operating room. Now, that doesn't mean that it'll stay that way because, you know, 90% of how you heal is based upon God and your genetics, you know, in, in other words, how you heal, you know, but I want to do my part to make sure everything is set in place so that when the wound heals, it, it does so with the best chance for getting a good result. So those are the main risks. And, and the revision rate can, can re be from 40, 60% in the literature, you know, mine is significantly less than that. It's in the two or 3% range, but again, None of us are God, you know, we really allows for how we heal. And that's very important to understand. But if you have good sense of that and you're healthy, have no medical problems and don't smoke, I don't operate on smokers. Smokers don't heal well. And I just, I just don't operate on people that do that because it's not worth it. And, you know, they have problems with wound healing and this, this is not worth it. So, uh, and then another word, and then the other question I have, which is, you know, is it painful? And I touched on that a little bit earlier. And the answer to that is, depends. Um, many times it's not at all. Uh, but if you've had significant past surgery, you've had trauma to your nose, and I have to fix your septum, that midline structure, you'll have some discomfort because that septum is connected to, you know, your skull and, in, and, and also to the bottom, the top of your mouth. So that you have to fix it and straighten it. And you got to straighten it because the key to a straight nose is a straight septum. End of story. You can't camouflage. You got to straighten the septum to get a straight nose. So I do, I do that first and foremost. It's got to look good, stay good, and be good, and be straight at the end of the operation. It's very important. So, so if you have if you have a significant work on your septum, it's going to be it's going to have some discomfort. Mainly, they'll have like a headache. You know, sometimes 12 or 24 hours, and that usually resolves quite quite nicely. But again, we give you we give you some pain medication for that if you need it. Okay. So, and then. The next thing that is talked about, and again, all of these are on my website, and also, uh, and I show this uh, daily on my Instagrams and even on TikTok, is what's the recovery like? That's why I like to show patients, you know, early, a week, two weeks, six weeks, six months, because the nose changes so much. I mean, you could look at a recent patient I did that was like intra-op, uh, now she, now uh, they're two months post-op, and then there was another six months. They look so different. I mean, they're only getting better over time because the swelling goes away and all these things. And um, 
you know, that's just part of normal wound healing. I can't overemphasize that. That's normal. You know, and when I see my patients back at four weeks, six weeks, six months, a year, I know exactly what phase of wound healing they'll be in. Now, if they've had previous surgery, they have thick skin or a male, they may, it may lag behind, but that's pretty normal. And there are things you can do, like put a little kenalog, a little steroid in those areas to soften them, but that's, that's all normal. So the other thing is, when do I, can I be back to work and when can I exercise? Well. Usually I can get my patients, well, in the age of Zoom uh, and COVID, we could have people be back on Zoom in a few days with a mask on, but usually it's a week or 10 days. You know, we take your splint off in about seven days and take all your stitches out then and, or 10 days. So you'll be back to work, non-physical exercise. <clears throat> Don't get your heart rate above 100, okay, for four weeks. And that really means any aerobic exercise. And that includes anything you do. That's really important because if you do, uh, violate that, then you have a lot more swelling, you even get some bleeding. So don't, I wouldn't go there. Don't go there. So, and then uh, how do I know, the next question I often get a lot is, how do I know what my results will look like? You know, and, and really, that's one of the main reasons over, over 15 years ago, I started doing imaging. You know, when I first started, we actually used to draw up on the patient's photos. But now we do digital imaging, and I think it's a good educational representation of what's possible. You know, there's no guarantees of results with rhinoplasty, but it gives you an idea of what's possible, what can be done. And I image almost all, all my rhinoplasties and all my facelift patients, but they're educational views only. No one can guarantee your result. Remember, none of us, I'm not God, but, but it gives you an idea of what's possible and what I think it can look like. And often it's that and better. But you know, no one can ever say that this is the result or better. But it's really important for you visually to understand that. And you know, sometimes patients bring, like today I had a FaceTime with a patient. She said, I really like that patient you posted two weeks ago. And she sent it to me. And I think that's a good idea because she really wanted a lot more angulation and sharpness to her nasal tip. So it gives me an idea of what's possible. So the next thing is, can we fix breathing problems? You know, along with my cosmetic issues. The answer to that is 100% yes, you have to fix it. Because as a rhinoplasty surgeon, I will fix both. I have to do that. You know, so beware of, of the surgeon that says, I have two or three surgeons coming to help me. You know, there's only one rhinoplasty person that should be doing it. That should be you. So know before you go. And then the last one on this one is the cost. How much does it cost? Well. You know, it, that it depends. You know, uh, if you get a rhinoplasty expert to do it, the cost is going to be a lot higher than if you get somebody that does one or two or three a year. So, you know, I think the cost is really dependent upon the expertise and also where you live. You know, whether it's Dallas, LA, or New York, the cost will be different. And obviously, you know, uh, the cost is really dependent upon how much work you have to do. A, a primary rhinoplasty doesn't cost as much as usually as a revision when I have to do rib grafts. So it's not insignificant, but it's an investment in you, an investment in your face, an investment in your nose. So those are the 10 things that I commonly hear from patients. Now, let me tell you uh, a little bit about the 10 things you must know. And I tell all my patients this, okay? It's the hardest thing we do in all of plastic surgery to get a, a good consistent result because of the intricacies of the anatomy. That's number one. And number two is you gotta find, you have to find a true rhinoplasty expert. Somebody that really is an expert in rhinoplasty, whether it's an otolaryngologist or 
or a plastic surgeon, just make sure they're a true expert, you know, and they really have the three the three E's. They have experience, the expertise, and they can show you excellent results. And do your research. You know, you can go online. Now, Google is obviously a good beginning source, but it's not the end-all source. So, that's very important. The biggest determinant of your result is going to be determined by who does your rhinoplasty, okay? So, Number three, make sure that they're truly an expert. And by doing those three E's, you know, look at their website, look at their reviews, and granted, sometimes the reviews can be skewed. I can tell you all my reviews are really real reviews done by real patients, and then you can almost see when they're not real reviews. And I think that's important. And of course, not every, you never have anybody that has perfect reviews because that will tell you that they're probably made up. So, and then, you know, Make sure you look at their, their photos on their website and then their Instagrams, their social media, so you can see, is that the kind of rhinoplasty that I want? Because I redo a lot of rhinoplasties and secondary rhinoplasties that patients that were done from around the world that they don't like that look. In some parts of the world, they like the turned up nose, the real pinched nose. I don't like that. I like a more natural looking nose that matches their face and doesn't change their ethnicity. You know, you want to make sure, you know, we're in the face and nose protection, not witness protection program in rhinoplasty and facelifts. So that's number, that's number four. And then what is my revision rate? My revision rate is about two to three percent. That's a time when after, when it's all done and I don't like something or the patient doesn't want to like something and then we'll fix it. You know, if it's something that can be fixed or, you know, and usually it's a minor procedure. And it is sometimes when things didn't heal well and, and that's fine and I obviously don't charge them. Uh, you know, they have to pay the anesthesia in the operating room fees, but it's usually a minor thing to do. And, you know, it's, it's something that's all part of the preoperative informed consent as well. So I will, you know, uh, that's why I try and operate only on people that are reasonable, that are nice, and that know that, you know, nobody and no, no one procedure is perfect. And then make sure, this is a very important number five, is make sure you operate at a, and this is number six, is that operate at an accredited surgical facility that's safe, that has a, an accredited operating room that can handle emergencies, that is experienced. And I think that parallels number seven is, who does your anesthesia? I only have board certified anesthesiologists do my anesthesia. It's very important to me. You can have CRNAs, a nurse anesthetist, that's great. But I, I like to have somebody that just takes care of the patient because I'm focusing on you, I'm focusing on your nose. And then, also, make sure they say, who do I call at night when I have a question or an emergency? And of course, I give my patients my cell number. Often, I see patients that have had surgery done, and they say, I could never get a hold of the doctor or something. And But, you know, my patients, I give you the cell, you call me, I, I call them, you know, make sure that they're okay. And if there's any question, I see them. That's very important. In the day of social media, you can just talk to them and FaceTime them. So. And then make sure number nine is that they have hospital privileges. So just in case you need to, you know, go and see a patient if they have a bleed or anything like that, it's very infrequent. So you can actually be, and you know, you're a real doctor. Remember, we're plastic surgeons, but it also says MD in our lapel. That's medical doctors, and that means do no harm. So, and then the last thing, and I've touched on the first one, is that how do you handle revision fees and when do you do them? You know, and again, I don't charge for revision fees. My except they have to pay anesthesia in the operating room, and you know, I do it when they are done healing, which is a year, 12, 15 months. And also uh, in secondaries, it can be up to two years. So it's very important to know that. So the key is know before you go, make sure you select the right 
plastic surgeon, the right rhinoplasty surgeon for you to get the best results you want. So I sure hope this has been instructional information to you to help you become a better you in selecting your nose surgeon or rhinoplasty surgeon for both, you know, cosmetic and functional reasons. So thank you so much. And always, you know, like and subscribe to my nose, uh, my Rorick Nose podcast and my YouTube channel. Uh, and, and if you have any questions or other comments, I'm happy to answer them anytime. So hope you enjoyed this and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next Rorick Nose podcast.